G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we're reviewing a huge round seven, talking bogs and flogs, talking trade targets. We're starting to talk about the buy period as well. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. Joined once again, as always, by Luke Rogerson. How are you, mate? Mate, I've got the sniffles. You've got the it's, sniffles. I've got my toilet paper here at the ready, just in case, <laughs> but it's dropped below 25 degrees up here in Queensland, and, and I've got the sniffles, so... I'm I'm doing well to be you're, here, mate. I'm you're tough. powering through. I'm tough as woodpecker lips. Yeah, so <laughs> that's, that's you know, one no, way you can put it. No, nothing's going to stop <laughs> me from sitting at a desk talking fantasy. Absolutely, yeah. And I'm sure the <laughs> listeners appreciate your your hard work. You know, you're not you're not this LDU type that's going to pull out. <laughs> and, you know, out. Yeah, you, you're not no laid outs here. We're we're, we're through uh, thick and thick as thieves in this uh, in this fantasy <laughs> that, podcast that recording. Being said I'm, yeah. I'm leaving you high and dry come Friday. But we might talk about that. Yeah, a well, bit later. we'll talk about that a little bit later. But that, that's at least uh, forewarned. You know, let's, <laughs> let's call that your buy, buy period or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, thank you for being here. We're here to review a massive round seven that was AFL Fantasy. And I say massive yeah. because a lot of teams out there scored some big, big points. Um, Kicking it off on that Friday night with a huge vice captaincy score that a lot of us got. Um, I know, for example, myself, I scored 2,300 or over 2,300 and I still slid back in the rankings. That was well and truly my best score of the year so far, and I've slid back from where I was. So, uh, You're still respectably ranked? What are you ranked at? S- still respectably ranked. I'm, I'm sitting at 4,010 at the moment, um, so it was about 3,500 last round. Slid back about 500 spots, but with a nice bit of a kitty in the bank, 377k to spend. So I'm excited to hoarder, make some upgrades this week. What about what about yourself? What about the the Ox Shorts? The Ox Shorts, they actually, I mean, we, we improved in our ranking and we actually cracked the, the top 20,000. So oh, he's coming. It's still, he's yeah, coming. It's still looking pretty stinky back here, but um, I think we, we may be trending in the right direction. I actually got the first win in the Content Creators Cup Aye. as well. <laughs> <laughs> I wish That's I was feeling a, a little bit more up and about to sell. Who'd you knock off? Who'd you knock off? I knocked off, off the, the future Hilux winner, Dossie. Oh, as well. okay. And to be fair, Dossie... He has some ripper trades this week. He, he brought in Chera and um, the, the pastor, Fiorini. Wow, and, how, did you, how did you manage to knock him off there? Well, did... it was just the VC score of Marshall. I think, he didn't have it? Okay, right. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't believe he had it, but... Okay. Um, no, it was good to get the first win, and uh, it did nothing for my positioning on that ladder. I'm still dead last. <laughs> oh, so. really? You haven't even taken over Xavier? Uh, no, no. Overall oh. overall points, I think I'm like 16th or something, oh, but okay. uh, in okay. terms of the... Yeah, the- well, plenty of season left to make a comeback, <laughs> mate. You've got your win on the belt. The, the monkey's off your shoulder. It's uh, it's it's uh, the Oxlongs season. The, the Ox shorts are a thing of the past. <laughs> Change the name, mate. <laughs> back to, to Oxlongs. All right, let's uh, let's go through with uh, one of our favourite segments to kick off the show. And the winner of the Norm Smith Medal. You're an embarrassment to what you do, mate. You're an embarrassment. Uh, a few embarrassments on this list and a few best on grounds. Why don't you kick us off, mate, with our, our first bog of the day? 
Yeah, there's no uh, no need to guess who this is. It's yeah. it's Rowan Marshall. It's pretty simple. I Big think Roma. The only way you might not have had him as your bog is if you um, didn't put the VC on him. And yeah. to be to be honest, right as as that game was about to start, I was kind of. Marshall English. Yeah, you, you were thinking about doing something a little different to me and going yeah. against the uh, the big boys. Well, yeah, I, I didn't want to be a copycat, but then <laughs> I saw Mini Monk tweeted that he was going Marshall, and I thought, oh, that, okay. guy, that guy's a good coach. Oh, so, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, <laughs> not this Mitch Casey bloke. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up going Marshall, and I'm very, very glad I did. Well, um, I just want to, I'll use this chance to pump up the big boys. We've been, we've been doing okay yeah, with our, our captaincy scores. And, um, um, I was, I meant to actually calculate my averages for my captains so far this year, but I'd have to say it must be doing all right. I haven't, I might do that a bit later, maybe on the, the, uh, the show on Friday where we go through the captains. But, uh, yeah, so far so good, especially when you get a 159, that, that definitely helps boost, the average. Boost the average. Yeah, <laughs> boost the average a little bit, but, um, it turns out a lot of people had him as their VC. I think about 50% of the top 10,000. So, yeah. Um, but in saying that, that's still better than half the... You know, I don't think anyone else had a better captain score. So, yeah, legend starts to the week. It always is nice just to get that VC out of the way. Don't have to worry about captains anymore. Yeah, it did feel it's, good. Uh, yeah, it's a good one. Uh, I'm going to put the flog out there for Brad Crouch. Um, so, he's had back-to-back underwhelming... Yeah, back-to-back underwhelming scores. Um, the first one, you can kind of give a pass to because both he and Steele went poorly. But this week, Steele went big and he went just as poorly as he did last week. So, 77, 73% time on ground. Um, now, we know that Port Adelaide are tough to score against. But, again, when you compare him to his teammate there... There'd have to be, if you were an owner, because he is a point of difference, he's lowly owned, if you were someone who had Brad Crouch, you'd be very nervous that the return of the Jack Steele is going to be negatively impacting him. Um, I don't Certainly think it's enough that, that you trade him or anything like that. He has North Melbourne this week, but it's just uh, it's just a nervous watch when you've got a player so lowly owned in your team who's not delivering. So uh, let's step it up, Brad, for all your, all your owners out there, mate. They need you. We do. Uh, let's move to the Brisbane Frio game, and the bog in this game is this a bloke warms that my heart. this is a bloke that I, I have backed all year. I, <laughs> I have I have never wavered, never wavered in my backing of Hayden Young. I, I can't recall a single time where not, you've... not even a doubt no. has entered my yeah. mind. Yeah. Hayden Young has always been a guy that I've backed, <laughs> and uh, he was quite easily the bog. Now, just quietly, it's. It, you know, most people might um, sense the tongue-in-cheek there because that's <laughs> yeah. certainly not the case. We have been bagging him relentlessly. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the first game in a long a long while where I haven't actually watched the game. So oh, maybe so he was just feeling the pressure from, from, from me watching him so closely right. and now that those yeah, you, shackles you, have been You lifted. now cannot watch any. And darkness. ironically, he was closest to us this week being, yeah. being in Queensland. There's a few so. different things that it could be. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll touch on this a little bit later, I think, as well and, and how much it's going to remain the thing. But uh, Frio changed to their game style fairly significantly. Yeah, well, you want to gloat um, about that, don't yeah. you? Yeah, and, uh, well, look, if we if we return back to uh, one of these segments that we did the other day. My hot take on Friday afternoon when we did our live show was that Hayden Young tons up and he takes the most kick-ins. I think I also might have said that they beat Brisbane, but we'll just ignore that part. <laughs> um, but he equaled the most kick-ins with Luke Ryan. They split it. Five that's, each. That's unbelievable. That's that's a win. I'm taking that. Yeah. Like I'm I'm taking that. And then Hayden Young, 112 in his last uh, game, career high in disposals. Um, what did he have? So disposals. Actually, that's a good question. Let me uh, let me check that. And I'll just mute your mic while you you blow your nose there. So. <laughs> but um, let's. Uh, so what did he actually have in terms of disposals? He had 
33 disposals was his uh, ratio. 14 yeah. handballs, 19 kicks. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a big score and a and a well deserved one for us people who have been just holding on for dear life with Hayden yeah. Young on our side. So and you could add uh, you could add Justin Longmuir to the the bog yes. category there because it seemed as though that game plan was a distinct change. Yeah, so, I think they were they him. were actively looking for him, which was good to see. Which we've been asking for. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to give my flog. I'm going to break a rule here. I'm going to give a flog to a rookie here. Oh, no. Um, Matthew Johnson is the flog for the game here because of his tackle. He actually played a decent game and he did well, but had one of the more stupid tackles that I've seen so far this season. It was an obvious one where you just look at and go, yep, that's at least one game. And he's been given two game suspension. Um, so for those coaches that have him in their side looking for a bit of cash, Jen, you're not getting that for at least two weeks. Yeah. Um, so that's... That's not good, and uh, obviously, it just—it was one of those tackles where it was like you just didn't need to do it. It was, um, yeah, it was with all the the talk of the tackles and the suspensions and things like that. It just easily could have been avoided. Um, so yeah, I think that was a very floggish move there, MJ. Uh, for right. Sydney GWS, uh, Tom Green rewarded holders. Yes. Uh, so anyone who sat on, for me, sat on Tom Green. And you. Yeah, with a 130. I mean, I was yep. in a unique situation, the reason I moved on him. But yeah, definitely uh, rewarded the holders yes. and, uh, with a 130. And then a fellow who was copping a little bit of heat. Um, yeah, yep, But yep. I, I think came out and maybe proved those naysayers wrong was Errol Goulden from Sydney. I think he got went 116, something like yeah, that. Yeah, 116, kicked a goal. Yeah, six yeah. tackles, five marks. So, so good on you, Errol. Yeah, uh, just just you know, put out put ourselves at ease that you know he's still probably going to be at least in my eyes. Yeah, well, what's that he'd top be, six? He'd be averaging top six top forwards. Six so, now, so he is averaging at the moment. Um, he's averaging ninety three. Yeah. So you know we we paid eighty three I think for him at the start of the season. He's gone ten points over that to oh, date so far, and uh, yeah, I think you know it, like. You know, he comes out and scores 180 in the preseason. We were never expecting that. So no. if you were expecting that and you're still disappointed with that, I think that was maybe an issue with your expectations then. Was there, any, doing. Was there any floggery from the Sydney Floggery Generals? for this game. I'm going to give it to Isaac um, Cumming. Um, just because this guy has been a very big disappointment this year. I actually picked him up in draft as well, which is, again, another reason I've, I've given this man was a shout-out. But... Was that when you dropped Sheasel in draft? Or No, that was that was at the very start of the season. I dropped Sheasel for someone much worse. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, not a good move at the at the end of the day. But uh, moving on, um, Isaac coming 59 points and, you know, just not getting it done. Players like Lockie Ash, um, Whitfield, Callahan, all outscoring him. And I think that, yeah, for a guy that we thought had high hopes and a bit of upside at the starting uh, point of the season, he's been very disappointing. And uh, it doesn't look like it's going anywhere anytime soon. What have we got at the Dogs and Hawks game next? Hawks, Doggies. Um, Will Day just came back and just picked up where he left off. I think Straight that, to work. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, was, everyone was hoping that would be the case. And even though he didn't go enormous with his score, he still uh, turned up and he had 30 touches. So he's straight back into that role. Yep. Um, Kicked and, goal uh, too. Did yeah. well there. The other guy I had is, uh, is JJ. I think for those people who picked him up last week, he would have been a little bit disappointed, but... He's come out 24 touches a goal yep. and he's, uh, you know, 86, 86 points. So for those people who picked him up last week, they weren't paying too much for him. And if he goes, if he continues to go kind of somewhere between 86 and 90, it's it's going to be good for those people to as a stepping stone. So JJ and Will Day. And then um, actually speaking of uh, spicy takes, my spicy take last week was that you'd be 
disappointed if you'd be chopping Warple, but Warple's actually no chopping today, mate. Yeah. No chopping today. Warple's Warple's safe. My boy Warple, My your boy, boy uh, <laughs> Aiden Young. It's just just all the fellas just getting around each other. Yeah, no, 103, and obviously the encouraging thing was the fact that Will Day was back. Warple still managed to go really well. Yeah. He um, was. Uh, Second in terms of midfielders when it came to CBAs, uh, 80% time on ground. So um, he, Nash, Will Day, and John Newcomb all getting big chunks of that um, you know, CBA pie there. So I think, you know, as, as far as trade-outs go, you, you're holding Warple. When he's coming out and tonning up, you know, two out of three weeks. <laughs> Who would have thought? It's just been a, uh, it's been a great hold for coaches. You know, very, oh. very good, good decision-making there for a lot of us. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's obviously, um, yeah, it's a big one for him. Uh, I'm going to give the flog to the coach, Sam Mitchell, for subbing out Seamus Mitchell, which, and again, I didn't watch all of this game. Um, but by all reports, he was doing really well and I think got subbed out early in the third, I want to say. Um, and obviously, that is going to halt his cash generation um, pretty significantly. So, yeah, just uh, let's have these kids play. Stop subbing them out. Yeah, but, it's killing. Yeah. It's killing cash gen, isn't it? It, it? it is tough, and it is something that we're all going to have to continue to work through. But, Sam Mitchell, you're a flog. Yeah. All right, move on. <laughs> now, should I preface these these Saturday night games? I don't know if I've sat on the couch well. and watched... Our worst two games of football. Well, wait till we get to our flogs, mate. I'll uh, yeah, we'll, we'll Saturday touch on that night. For sure. These games were horrendous. But yeah. for for uh, the Melbourne North Melbourne game, I've actually got man. You got a few I, a few bolts yeah, here. Yeah, I, I just couldn't choose. But if you had Chandler, unreal. You oh. get a rookie who turns up. It's just that's uh, that's been a mistake in terms of trading out yeah. him over like a Mackenzie or yeah. Jinby. That's so the far, best feeling. So. so put him amongst the bogs. Sheasel just bounced back um, like nobody's business. And then the other bloke, Zeebel looked like he got sniped. Oh, mate. He he was limping off. He's flagging the trainers was, and stuff like that. I was like done. That. I was up off the couch, hands on heads. What did he have, thinking, 18 or something was, at the time? Or 23? Barely anything. Yeah. And I think he's gone down. He's got a little bit of the... Bit of the needle, yeah, and uh, whatever it was, he's he done the Undertaker. He's risen up. <laughs> he's just gone bang. All right, let's get this back to a respectable score. And yeah, he did. scored so, well in the second half. So. He did. Um, oh, yeah. here you go for your flog. Sorry, yeah, I was setting a- up for that. AFL flogs. I've got the flogs here as the AFL scheduling. Whoever's in charge of that, like, <laughs> what were we doing? What's going on? Like, surely we had to know in the preseason that Melbourne versus North Melbourne, and then. Carlton versus West Coast at the same time on a primetime slot at 7.30 on a Saturday night. <laughs> Surely we had to know that both those games were not going to be close in the yeah. slightest. The crowds, especially at that MCG, that lonely, lonely MCG. There was more was, pigeons there than there was were. More pigeons, pigeons and seagulls than there were fans. They were everywhere. And it just, <laughs> it just was not good viewing uh, if you were actually interested in like footy. I think the only people watching that game on... You know, on KO or whatever was AFL fantasy coaches. Yeah, we would have tuned out had we not had players playing. Yeah, and it was it was you were right on the roller coaster of the Zebel thing, which made it a little bit fun. But yeah, in terms of you were actually watching football for the sake of football. Yeah, that was not a good performance there. So I think a little bit less of that. Those games deserve to be a Sunday afternoon kind of yeah, time th- slot in the future. I think so. And that other game um, that we were talking about, Carlton West Coast. I just had Walsh and then uh, Jaden Hunt, who's been a great selection. Jaden Hunt, there God, a few- kiss, mate. It was pretty pretty good, actually, that I was forced to go there and he's gone well so far. But I think yeah. um, you could have put a, a host of those Carlton midfielders in there as well. Walsh, uh, Chera scored well. Um, so, you know, a few yeah. bogs out of that game. What did you... Uh, oh, you've put yourself as the flog. What's yeah, going on? Yeah, mate, I'm a flog on this one because <laughs> I, I put... I put- 
Chin Cotter, the bread, who we've been oh. back at in since the preseason. I put him on my bench in order to take Wilmot 65. We had the decision. I was going to take the 65 regardless, but we had the decision. Okay, is it Jimby Hollands? Was. Is it Jinby? Is it Chin Cotter? I've benched the one that scored the most uh, <laughs> in, in that scenario. That's the hardest part. Like, if yeah. it's got one rookie, you just go, okay, I'll take it regardless. Yeah. You don't feel bad. But when you've got multiple there, you, you know that it's probably going to end in disaster. And, and I was, what I was going to do, my plan was to, um, you know, take Pedler off my ground, but then I was not sure about Alwyn Davy. Look, lucky it yeah. worked out because Pedler ended up scoring decent as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I was just destined to lose points in that scenario as it was, but uh, maybe I should have backed in the boys and I uh, would have been, uh, I think, 12 points better off at the end, but at the end of the day, it's not, not too big of a deal. All right, over to Sunday. Yeah, in the interest of being brief, Tom Stewart, most people I reckon have got yeah. on him in the last few weeks and he played really well. He's just so. been super consistent and yep. just putting up good scores no matter what kind of game it is. Uh, Flog... And we'll talk about this guy a bit more later on, but Will Setterfield. Um, You're not Setterfield bashing again. Are I was going to say, dare I say it, disgraceful. Oh, no. no. Don't, don't <laughs> I'm kidding. Man. No. But um, uh, 54, mate. It's, um, it was tough. It's it was asking tough us a lot of questions. And uh, I think there was also some role concerns as well. I think his CBA numbers were down. He was playing a little bit of wing, playing a little bit of forward. Look, if I look at the CBAs again, he, he did have a lot of them. But yeah, 50. 54 from a full game. Yeah, it's tough. And yeah, like you said, we'll discuss a bit more later, won't we? Yeah. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk about him. Now, um, speaking of disgraceful. Wow, disgraceful. This is this is fitting of the word because R- Richmond Gold Coast. Oh, yeah. this was a tough watch. Well, we we stopped. We couldn't. Oh, I actually left it at three quarter time because yeah. it was just, I was I was just not enjoying watching my team play because it was that frustrating. Yeah. But go on. Who yeah. who was the best on ground? I don't know what's happened at Tigerland, but um best on ground I had uh Fiorini. The pastor. And, and for those, I mean, best on ground from a fantasy perspective, yep. um, those people who were brave enough to go with him were rewarded. And I think that as it stands, he's the most traded in player Is he? for this week. So there might be a few people jumping on the pastor train. Well, he definitely presents value, that's for sure. Of course, again, we'll talk about him later. But yeah, yeah 112 for those who did jump on board. We were of the mindset that you can wait a week yes. and sort of have a look at it. Well, if we're waiting if you week- went, If you went early, you were rewarded at least for round one. Okay. Yeah. Um, it looks like a lot of people are going to jump on and mitigate that risk. Yes. And I think there is still some risk. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Honorable but, mention there for Timmy T as well. Yeah, just he's one trucking. of two players. Two players, him and Clayton Oliver, yet to drop um, below a ton per game. Just so keeps yeah. trucking. Yeah. Uh, Flog, I'm, look, I could give this to anyone from Richmond outside of Tim Taranto, but I'm going to give it to Dimmer because something's just not working for Richmond. And, and I think the game style is not there. And this is, uh, I'm taking a fantasy aside because we're both Richmond supporters and I need to vent about this to someone because Richmond look like a rabble. They look like an absolute rabble and it is tough to watch. Like, you, you look at some teams like Hawthorne, North Melbourne, West Coast, who going into the season, we knew that they weren't going to be good sides. We knew they're probably yeah. bottom four sides, but at least those guys look like they're giving it a go. They've got like a strategy and they're going and playing with it. We just look like we have no idea what we're doing, and it is, uh, yeah. it's not good, especially with a lot of people, and I think this is not just Tiger fans, but a lot of people had expectations of Richmond this year being like a finals contender. We've made big additions with Taranto and Hopper, and um, yeah, it's um, it's just not looking good. So, Dimmer, I've got to pull some strings here. I don't know. I don't agree with you fully. Look, I think it's, it's a tough one. I don't know whether it's Dimmer, but there's... 
we still have a distinct game plan. It's just the execution is so poor. Like, you think about two of their first three goals oh, were, were basically were... us kicking it to them. Yeah. But then also, it, Richmond's, all, Richmond's game style for the last five or six years has always been that slingshot. The difference between what we're seeing now and what we were seeing five years ago is that we just execute that last hand pass or that last kick. Now we don't. It yeah. slingshots or returns. But anyway, this is not the Richmond podcast. It's the fantasy yeah. one. I just so. need to get that off my yeah. chest because <laughs> yeah. Richmond, you're doing my head in. Anyway, let's move on to the last game. Best on ground for Adelaide versus Collingwood. Who have you uh, got? Dawson, Laird, big scorers. This week I actually brought Dawson in to sort of cover off the competition. Did. But yes. um, the cyclist also an honourable mention because people who had who were fielding him, you know, 75-odd from a rookie. He has actually that, so. been an excellent cash cow for us. Like if we look at his scores, he's only dropped below. 55 once yeah, this would, season and as a picked. pressure forward like he's um yeah he's doing really really well I remember after a pre- uh, Adelaide preseason game we talked about him and thought oh, no he's just he's going to be in that role that's yeah. poor for scoring but he's proved us wrong who and, are the flogs oh, sorry yeah I was just going to say he looks like someone that at least touch wood I guess looks like he might be someone who isn't at risk as much as some of these other young guys as yeah. uh, for a sub. Um, yeah, definitely. The flog for this game I'm going to give it to Jordan Dugowie some people have Jordan Dugowie out there in their teams and um I think he was a late out. Was it was it last week that he was a late out or the week before? So he's had, he's had a couple of bullets for owners. So um, yeah, laid out the gather round and then followed it up with this week uh, fifty three. Um, just just not cool, man. Um, I think he has been getting a lot of praise for what he's been doing for for Collingwood. He's playing well, but this game, obviously, you know, two tackles, one mark. 24 touches, so it's just it's very uh, discouraging for people who have in their sides. But other than that, there wasn't too many other floggy, floggery going on in this game. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that. But that will do it for our bogs and flogs. Let's move on to the news of the week. What have we got here? News of the week. This is your segment. What have we got? This is my segment, <laughs> yeah. is it? Jeez. Oh, well. That was the news of the week. My apologies. Well, we... we Sort of briefly mentioned it before, but we had the whole Zebel fiasco. Yeah, there where it, it very much appeared during the game. It looked uh, like a calf or a hamstring. Or looked something. soft tissue, didn't it? it so, did, yeah. And then the way he was moving off, I, I actually said to you at the time, I said, "This looks like a guy who's who's had soft tissue injuries before and knows what it he feels like, and he's feels just like. getting off." And straight down to the rooms, thought, "Okay, righto." We actually flicked across to the other horrible game, and then I think you saw a tweet. Someone on saying, Twitter, yeah, someone said he's back, and I was the like, Undertaker oh, shit, sitting okay. up, so we jumped yeah. back over, and then he he was back on and he was looking good so the only thing I can think is that he's gone downstairs for a jab but then waiting for scans I think was the reporting scans, from the club but then I've seen um, John Ralph come out and say you know he's not on their not named on their injury list from the weekend so um, you know assumption is that he's he's alright so my hope is that he's alright but if if he did go downstairs and get some um, you know some treatment or something the issue yeah. could be how that injury gets up for next week yeah. so he'd keep be an eye on it yeah um Look, I'm encouraged by the fact that we haven't heard anything. I, I'm hoping that means that it's all good. There's nothing on there. He's not listed on their injury report, although it hasn't been updated this week yet. So um, we'll just cross our fingers and hope that he is all good. But at least he did get back on there because it was it was early in that game. Maybe he just wanted to... He just had enough of that game. He was just like, yeah. Yeah, mate. Coach, well, <laughs> I'm had enough. I wouldn't have come back if I was here. It, it was that dire. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, other, the other thing that we were going to talk about here on the News of the Week was the distinct change in Frio's game style. Um, because I think this has a few implications on a couple of targets um, in that team. There's a few relevant Frio players. but I didn't watch, but hand pass happy, you said. Yeah, so they. I think they. the stat was that they broke. They had the most handballs. Like it was the first quarter they had the most handballs of any team, of any quarter so far 
this year, okay. um, which when we compare to Frio in the past, we often think of them as a chipmark kind of a team. Yep. Uh, obviously, that swung completely the other way. Um, and they were definitely giving a lot of handballs, trying to get up the ground without, with less precision and more of that kind of pace. Um, and I think that that definitely played into the hands and the benefit of a player like Hayden Young, because we've sort of t- talked about in the past that he plays that um, Doherty role where he's kind of just sitting off the back of some packs. He's not quite in that switching uh, zone of the defenders for Frio. So I think that in terms of Hayden Young's role, and if he is getting more kick-ins, the same amount as a Luke Ryan. That can only benefit him more. Um, I From the eye test, it looked like to me he had way more kick-ins than a Luke Ryan. The stats say that they both had five each, but from what I could see watching the game, whenever there was a behind and Hayden Young was on the ground, like he was the one taking it. So I think the arrow is pointing up for a player like Hayden Young. Is he a trading target for those who don't have him? Just being someone who's ridden that roller coaster so far this year, I'd probably want to see another game. Yeah. Just confirm. The other thing, too, is there's, there's some pretty well-credentialed uh, fantasy coaches out there who are also Fremantle supporters, too, and, and a lot of people from out west, so they might yeah. be able to give some some more intel. Yeah. But, um, yeah, if, if Hayden Young's scoring's looking for an uptick, then I'm all for it. What do you think this does for someone like an Andrew Brayshaw? Uh, I think it's... Not the best thing for him. If like I didn't watch the game, so I don't have you know sort of full intel on it. But if you're looking to, he's um, the kind of guy that like kind of pops out. He loves that little forty-five. Yeah, and so if, if your distinct game plan is chain out with handball and look to move the ball quickly, then you probably get less of those little midfield chip kicks. Yeah. Um. So my initial thought would be not great, but then like I said, a I didn't see the game on the weekend, and b mm. it's a one-game sample size, so. It is one to watch because um, we'll get into our trade targets uh, soon, but he is definitely getting cheaper, Brayshaw, and um, you know scored I think one sixteen or something on the weekend, so um, outscored his teammate Sarong uh, in the game as well. So, uh, conventional wisdom would tell me that like I agree with you, like he does like those little forty five yeah. meter. Uh, loves marks. a cuddle butt too he so. does love a cuddle and he can rack it up so I think he'll be fine regardless it just yeah. may be that, that top end ceiling uh, sort of thing there so alright we've got a new little little sound grab here ready, ready to, to rock go, it mate. Uh, ready to unveil it, it. alright let's go <laughs> he's pulled the head Kung there Kung fighting alright <laughs> People are getting the chop. All right. I think um, for a lot of people, and this is definitely where I would love to go, um, people getting the chop are some of these rookies. I'm putting Cam McKenzie, Will Phillips, and Ruben Jimby in the same basket. I love how you've adopted the, the just, hand yeah, too, just mate. Just the gesture. That's good. I feel like it's um, it's therapeutic almost in a way. <laughs> just like get rid of these guys off my team. Uh, but Cam McKenzie, Will Phillips, and Ruben Jimby are all rookies that have a little bit of money on their head. Yep. And are either not playing or actually starting to go backwards in price in a yep. Ruben Jinbi. I think my thoughts were you hold Jinbi, you know, at least he's playing, he's entrenched in that best 22 for the West Coast Eagles, but I don't think we can expect the Ruben Jinbi that we saw at the first couple of rounds of the season moving forward. Poor bloke's playing in a team that's getting beaten up. He's getting he's, smashed. He's doing as much as he can. Yeah. And all the credit to him, he's, he's given a red-hot crack. But I think that his, his, his body's just not going to be able to last long enough. And he's going to get more rest. He's going to get roles where he's playing a defense, which we've seen in the past already. Yeah. So I'm keen to cut bait and get Jinbi off your ground. See if you can get him up because he is nearly 500,000. So, um, And I think those other guys, um, there's a lot of red dots out there. So they've both got over 400K on their head. Yep. 
if you can do one of those guys down and a Jimby up, you, you should be able to get to something at least uh, decent from there. So those would be sort of my top priority uh, now, chops. Sort of the next category of guys that you've got in the chops, they're guys that maybe haven't quite made as much money, but their job security is starting to look a bit shaky. Yeah, so Lockie Cowan and Alwyn Davey are two guys that I've got here. You could also throw in players like uh, Noah Long yeah. um, or any of those other kind of rookies that are, you know, 300... Thousand sort of bracket um, are potentially red dots, potentially sub risks in the future. I think that if you could, and and this is a situation that I'm in uh, because I banked a whole lot of cash last week. I have enough cash to do one of these guys down and say like a Jinbi up. Um, so okay. if if you are in a situation where you can do that, I think that's an excellent trade, an excellent way to go about it so because you go... you're fixing cash gen and also still able to get a uh, an upgrade. But if these guys don't give you enough to get to the guys you want, then perhaps you look at the next group of guys. All right. So so you could, I guess, you've got a heap of cash in the bank. You're you're going to be able to go Jimby up to a, a premium. Yeah, yeah, I will be able yeah. to, but not like if you don't have much cash on yeah. your, you know, these guys might just have to sit there until you, until their cash is more useful for you, I guess is the, the concern. Uh, now, the next few guys kind of fall into that category of, I guess, sort of in that mid-pricer range, yeah. varying degrees. But um, talk to us about the, the Wolf. Yeah, Wolf so Liam Street. Stocker, Wolf of Wall Street, he um, he can go. He's scoring like a rookie. Like, he's getting outscored by Chicotta yeah. these days. So I think he's got enough money on his head. Um What's he actually priced at? Priced at 582. So he's got nearly 100,000 on top of a Jimby's head. So yeah. I um, think he could, he can definitely be traded and get him to someone else out. Even if it means like if you trade out Jimby and Stocker, I think that's fine. Um, if it means getting to the guy that you want, uh, because I think a lot of the rookies on our bench in Chincotta's, um, sometimes even like a Darcy Wilmot like on the weekend can put up comparable scores, so I think he can go. And then a couple of premiums here, which I guess is more of a discussion that I want your take on. Yeah. Liam Baker. Now, he was someone that potentially people were trading into a couple of weeks ago, but the return of Jaden Short has resulted in back-to-back subpar scores. And not, well, I shouldn't even say subpar scores, but pretty bad scores. Yeah, well, we... Um, and is he someone that we should be getting off before he lose too, loses too much cash? We kind of somewhat misread the situation in terms of when we thought Short um, came back, we thought he'd come into a predominant midfield role, which would leave Baker and Riola to continue doing their thing. But let's also Definitely. acknowledge that we always, anything uh, where we discuss Liam Baker, we always talked with the caveat that he's a Swiss Army knife. He'll he, do anything the coach asks him to. Exactly, whether yeah. that means a 30-point fantasy game or a 130-point fantasy game. So there was always that, and um, and I, that was part of the reason I went Zeebel a couple of weeks ago. So yeah. um, am I getting off him? Yeah, probably looking to. I think to you if, are. If you can. Yeah. Any time we say something, it is all dependent on what your specific team yeah. looks like at the moment. Um, but if if there was a way that you could get off, off him, and particularly if there was a way that you could get him to somebody that you're really, really happy with, a keeper. Um, yeah, you know, like if you could do a sideways that. move from him to another defender or something like that that you're more keen with, and then maybe another sideways, quote-unquote sideways move to get onto a cheaper, riskier pick, maybe like a Fiorini or something like that. Yeah, okay. That could potentially be a spicy move to make. Um, or if you use that opportunity to bank a bit of cash and fix up a red dot and still get him to a premium defender or, or forward, because I know he's defensive um, yes. forward yeah, um, eligibility, then I think I would do that because I am concerned that we're going to see more of these 50s and 60s moving forward. And when you've got 700k on your head, um, I would want to make more use of that yep. with, with that kind of a player. Um, the next one here, Brody Grundy. Just wanted to pop him in here because he's probably the last ruck that 
is in a lot of people's teams that people are not happy with. Because I think you're happy with Sean Darcy, you're happy with Tim English, yep. you're happy with Ryan Marshall. Brody Grundy, um, I think you've got a cut bait if you haven't done so already. Um, cut bait, mate. You've used that a couple of times. Yeah, you've got to just cut big loose. Big fisherman, are you? Yeah, big fisherman. You know me. Uh, <laughs> I've never caught a fish in my life. Um, <laughs> you were so close when we went up to Fraser, eh? Yeah. It just didn't quite come off yeah, for you. Yeah, I was... don't have the patience not, for it. Not like that big fish that I um, caught, eh? Look, he, he scored... Yeah, you're a huge fish, fish there. Uh, he's got 100 on the weekend, but I think that I, don't, I wouldn't want to get comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, I would be potentially trying to maybe sideways to a uh, Max Gorn, I think, is a potentially good option who's dropped a whole bunch of cash. Yeah, it's not the worst, is it? Or get up to one of the big dogs in um, English or one of those other guys. So Now, this last bloke on the list deserves a little bit of discussion because I think that he could be a highly traded out player this week. Yes. And, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on Will Setterfield? Will Setterfield, yeah, this is a trickier one because, like we sort of said, he's... Look, he, he was obviously a guy that went gangbusters in the start of the season. Yeah. 120, 130. Great starting pick. If Great you know. starting pick if you had him. We jumped on in round three. Obviously, haven't seen any of those so ones. So, we got but 88, 99, 100, 86, 54. It's, it's been, like, outside of this past week, it's been serviceable, Yeah, and his would cash has been heading in the right direction. Which He's made us a lot of money. He's now going to start to lose money, I guess, is the concern. So, he's 126 break even. Yeah. I think that... And the way I've listed these trade uh, chopping block targets or whatever you want to call it, um, he's the lowest priority yeah. to trade out because um, he's not at risk of being subbed. Yeah. I think this is every potential to be his worst score of the season. Yeah. He's still going to be very much in the center bounce rotations there. Um, Essendon got smashed in that first quarter. Yeah. Absolutely smashed. Um, so, look, I'd expect him to bounce back. He's... By no means, it's a good reminder that he's not a keeper. He's not someone that we, we keep for the rest of the season. But yeah. I do think that for him to be scoring high 80s, 90s, that's fine for me to just carry through to the buy rounds. And he goes, um, so he goes Port Adelaide and then he goes Brisbane. But then after that, he goes Richmond. Port Adelaide might be a good matchup for him because if they, you know, what they did with St. Kilda, they tried to make it this one on one, lots of cuddles there, get in there. Um, so, but after fun. those two, he then goes Richmond and he goes West Coast. Um, and then north, you know, leading in, into, into the north. Bias, yeah. So it's it's yeah. probably if you can, um, you know, do some stuff that you're happy with and leave Setterfield there. I think you're probably tempted. It to hasn't been there hasn't been a big role change. I think no. is the thing. And when you're a guy that's a walk up starter in your club, you're getting center bounces. Yeah, those are the kind of guys that we hold on to. Yeah, um, because I guarantee in most teams there are. They're a bigger fr- fish to fry. Like it's um, all about the fish today. Um, <laughs> there's bigger things that we can do to help our team score more. So catching them, cooking them. <laughs> yeah, that's it, mate. But I think yeah, for me, I'm going to be holding him. Yep. Um, we'll see how all that works out for us. Beautiful. Should we talk some trade targets? Trade targets. Well, let's um, do it. Yes, some trade targets. So let's start by talking about defenders. Now, I think. Can I just ask you before we just yeah. before we talk about def- defenders? I was having a bit of a look today, and are, are we devoid of rookies to trade down to? Like I saw a couple of names pop yeah. up on various podcasts, but none that filled me with confidence. I saw like um, Angwin pop up. I mean, Weddle played all right for yeah. Hawthorne, but like, are we? 
What it's, are we? It's do, dicey. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's dicey. Is yeah. it like go to a mid pricer and that's all you can do? Or I like? think I think we've got to try and do the best with what we can. I mean, fingers crossed. Maybe there's someone that gets named this week. Like yeah. I don't know what's you know. Oh, man, we'll tough. wait. We'll wait till Thursday night teams. But I think at this stage, uh, Ryan Angwin to me is the top of the list with guys. You know, it's 251k. It's still still pretty cheap. You make you make a decent yeah. amount of money going down from. Um, and this is where you might need to cut some of the guys that you maybe wouldn't want to cut to get to the guy you want to do. Um, and this is, yeah, so it's, it's, it's tough. It is it's something tough. that we're going to have to monitor. Um, but we've got to try to do our best just make as much cash. And this is the cash crisis happening right now because right. the guys that we want to downgrade to him have only, like, uh, Ryan Angwin's 250K. Like, if you if you go Alan Davey down from him, you're only making 90K. Like, that's getting you nowhere, <laughs> right? Luck. I'm thinking about doing something potentially spicy with my trades this week, but I'll talk to you about that in a sec. Mate, I'm keen to hear it. Uh, all right, well, let's talk about defenders and some trade targets here. I think Tom Stewart, we've said it for like a month now, he is still a trade target to me. That round 13 buy, I think, is yep. extremely important. He's been consistent. He's still value, in my opinion, so um, we should all be jumping on him. Will Day, I think, is still a decent target, although he did shoot up to um, 768k. So, yeah. so what's he, he priced at now? What he's now priced him? at eighty nine. Yeah. Um, so, so you're backing him to go hundred. I think he's probably ninety five. Is what I would project him to do. And part of what you, well, I mean, part of what you're trading him in for at this point is you expect him to be a top six defender there or thereabouts. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a lot of people got on him last week, but I would agree that if you if you don't have him, he's still a, a viable option there. Um, JJ, do we think he is? Is it too late to jump on a JJ? Well, he he's part of my potential plans this okay. week, which is intriguing. I'm thinking about, and you you may talk me out of this, I may look like an absolute idiot, but I'm thinking about potentially going two rookies across to um, Fiorini, Fiorini and, and JJ. Because I've been talking about it a little bit for the last couple of weeks, and like I said, you know, typically I don't really know my ass from my elbow, but it, it seems this year that bridging the gap between a fattened it's rookie difficult. and a and a lowered premium is is near on impossible. Like yeah. difficult is a word, but it's it's getting to the point where I'm like, I just don't know how I'm going to do it without doing double downgrades, and then yeah, like doing it every second week kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. yeah. So if if I can get across to these guys, and then they can make me the extra, let's call it 150k, 100k, to then yep. drop a rookie and take them and like Jaden Hunt up, then like maybe that's yeah. where I'm going to go. I don't know. So I think if you talk about Jason Johannesson, he's priced at 67. Um, so in that role, I think he can be an 85 guy, which would be... 85? At, at this, well, at this stage... That's his best. That's his, that's his career best. I don't think he can go that high. Um, I think he's done... Well, what do you? Th- let's say he goes 80. That's still a great I think 80, 80 you can maybe expect. So what's the, what's the pricing for 80? If he's at 80, what, so that what does makes that get him, his price to? Uh, it, oh, in terms of a price, yeah, like, like a, a number, a, figure, a dollar figure. Roughly, um, just, Oh, let me see if I can find someone yeah. who's priced Sorry, at that I'm right now. Sorry, I'm asking lots, but um, <clears throat> but it it means he's you can bridge the gap from a guy that's priced at eighty. It'd be about seven hundred thousand. It'd be about or like just high six hundred thousand. So so that for yeah. me is a, is a gap you can bridge. So you go yeah. a fattened five hundred k rookie down to a two hundred fifty, you know, and then you go that seven hundred up to the nine hundred. Yeah, you just need to pick the point to jump off perfectly. Um, with and like we don't out. always get that luxury when, it, especially when it gets close to buy times and things yeah. like that. But I think it's, I think it's still a play. Like I saw, he's obviously at least ten points unders, uh, maybe fifteen points unders, which yeah. is which is decent. That's okay. And if he if he's doing that, it's it's all right. And especially if you can do that with someone else. Um, so even though you've missed like the last two weeks where he's gone up a be- decent bit in price, you you feel more confident in the role. Yeah. Um, 
So I think if it's going to be a play, it has to be this week. It can't be any later. Um, otherwise, I think that ship has sailed. So this is probably the last week you can, you can do it. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I would... I don't think he's 85-90. I think he's 80 uh, in terms of projection because that's the best he's done in his career. Like His career high was back in 2019 where he averaged 82. Um, so that was four years ago. He's now 30 years old. So I don't think he can do that. Well, he would have to match that, which I guess is possible. From this point on. But yeah. Um, yeah, and even that's only, what, 13, 14 points of upside. I think it's still a play, but I I would be wanting to also do that other play, which you talked about, uh, Fiorini, yeah. which will... Uh, let's see how the week evolves. But sorry, I've hijacked your No, your that's all good. I also want to talk to you about Angus Brayshaw, who has been someone who has been very frustrating for those who started with him, but he is now $194,000 cheaper than he started with. But what's going to change? He's come back off a... Two scores in his last two games. An 80 and last round was a 95. I think there's a little bit of optimism to, from me that maybe he's not that 100 or mid-90s guy that we thought he was at the start. But if he can go mid-80s, high-80s, he is now priced at, uh, if I just bring it up here, he's priced at 79. So if he can go, like, there's a world where he goes 10 points on top of that and that's still not even close to what he did last year. Like he's... 20 points below what he did last year. Is, um, is um, Salem... I don't know what's going on with Salem, but I know that Michael Hibbard has been back into the side and he's playing a bit more of that lockdown defender role. So I think that's freed him up a little bit. He's still not really getting... He's getting some centre bounces, but but not a, enough to say that like he's going to do what he did the back half of last year. Um, so I think he's a guy that maybe if you want to go something a little bit different... He is achievable in terms of his price. Um, yeah, swing for the fences kind of move. Swing for the fences, six eighty four k. Like that's that's cheap, man. Um, and cheap. I think he's probably going to be closer to that top six line than say someone like a JJ. Um, but yeah, there definitely is a little bit of risk to it. But I think that I'm encouraged by the fact that he's he's sort of brought his scoring back up and. Um, you know, we've obviously seen him do it in the past, and, and he's a he's a guy that can score big. He has a big ceiling, uh, as we know. Who are you looking at for midfielders? Because you got you're cashed up, mate. You'll be yeah, getting a big. This is where I'm shopping now, out. and I think this is the this is the obviously it's hard to get to here, but I think a couple of golf players that I like, Jack Steele and Rory Laird, as sort of those big dogs that um, you know captain options, and I think that they're they're going to be well. I think both of them are now still over 900k, which makes it a hard buy. I don't know how much value they are necessarily, but I have a lot of confidence in both of them being 110-plus averaging players um, and have a little bit of value on their head, maybe sort of like four or five points. We're, we're in desperate need of midfielders. I had a look at my team. I, I have one premium midfielder. I do too. I have, I have Bont. That's it. Yeah. So the other guys that are currently playing in there are guys that will fill out my... I feel like my back line and my forward line are pretty much filled out and yep. there's guys covering in the midfield, but Bont is that I think a lot guy. of teams will be in a similar boat because a lot of the value has been in those defense and yeah. forward lines. So um, I think a lot of people uh, uh, have been waiting for some of these premium mids to drop and uh, they're dropping a little bit, but it's not much. So it's the next guy here is, is definitely someone that I'm looking at this week and it is um, Andrew Brayshaw. He's got a round 12 buy. He is now priced at an average of um, 102 or 103. He obviously averaged 111 last year. Yeah. He has been reportedly been carrying a bit of a niggle, a bit of an injury. 
Um, from what I saw on the weekend, he looked like he was moving pretty well, scored 113. He, what's his run coming up? He's coming up to a run uh, going against Hawthorne this week, so that's a nice soft kill. Yeah. He then has a couple of tougher matchups after that, though. He's got Sydney at the SCG, Geelong, and uh, Melbourne um, at the MCG. So not the easiest of runs outside of this next game, yeah. but is still someone I think that maybe is a little more achievable at 884K, so below that 900K mark, um, who at the start of the season, we were kind of considering him, Oliver, and Rory Laird as like that those big three in terms of captain options. Yeah. Um, but obviously with that niggle, he might be uh, a little bit cheaper. Um, Noah Anderson, round 13 by Blitz the Tigers, who I think we're going to have to start penciling when teams play the Tigers now because that looks like a... A fantasy feast there. It does, isn't it? Although he is starting to get a bit expensive. Um, and I want to get your take because I was almost trying to get you to trade him in last week. But Callum Mills is potentially that guy that people might be able to get up to who is coming down in price. Price just over yeah. 800K. What are we, my what are we doing same. with Callum Mills and his role? My, yeah, that's my question. It's, it's the same question I had last week is when's the turning point? Yeah, so he he started to see more CBAs last week. So if I just bring up the match for the Sydney Swans. In terms of CBAs, um, Warner and Luke Parker were the top two, and Rowbottom was probably pretty close behind them. And then Callum Mills was the next. So he was the fourth in line in terms of the CBAs. So he had 17 out of a possible... Shit, quick maths. 37. Okay. So probably, what's that like? Just below 50% there. So um, Sydney's run. So Sydney have got Collingwood. Then tough matchup. Go, oh, yeah, it's a tough matchup. Um, so he's got Collingwood. Collingwood, Frio, North, Carlton before they're buying round 12. So after Collingwood, it gets a little bit easier. I think he's definitely someone that we all need to be watching. His break-even is 119. His CBAs came back up. I think if you wanted to do a risky move with a potential huge uh, return or reward, you yeah. could go a Callum Mills this week. This potentially might be the cheapest that he gets at 807,000. Break-even um, of 120 against the Pies would be an impressive performance. but We've seen Callum Mills do this easily have, in the past. Um, yeah. Look, this guy has got one of the highest ceilings in AFL fantasy. Like When he has the right role, he is a guy that can be the number one scorer in AFL yeah. fantasy. Yeah. He's priced at... Um, what is he priced at in terms of an average? 90. He's priced at 94... Days. He can put 20 points on that easily. Um, That's crazy. I don't think I'm going to do it because I want to wait a week and I have the luxury of being able to afford some of those guys a little bit more than him. Yeah. Um, but if, for example, all I could get to in the midfield range was that Callum Mills, I think that I'm. I think the reward at this point now is worth the risk taking on someone. And I've started to see a little bit of a shift in his CBAs with yeah. some of those defensive guys coming back in, that I think that for the bold, I think Callum Mills could be a, a great buy. Uh, I'm, I'm one week. more week, personally. One more week? It, let's say he goes 130, he's still... He's, still, oh, he's not going to move, yeah, but so. but this is like those things where you'll be a step ahead of everyone else. Oh, correct. If you, um, yeah, look and everyone else is going to be trading him in as soon as he does that. Yeah. Whereas you could get that jump this week. I think it, it could be a decent yeah. buy. This last, or one of these guys that you're going to talk about now... Um, I just want to know with Chera, is it real? Is it he's played two like two stinky matchups the last couple of yeah, weeks? Yeah, he's a tough he's... one to get a read on. Hey, um, 
we thought that he would go well without Sam Walsh, and then Sam Walsh has come back into the side, and he's popped back to back one thirties. The matchups, but for me, are probably what. Yeah, the St Kilda West Coast. It's it's they have been two good matchups. Yeah, he's averaging now ninety seven point four, and he is priced at what is he priced at? Where are you, Chera? He's priced at ninety four. So I think that he could have maybe. Maybe five points of upside there. He could average a ton. Um, I think there are probably better options. So he's 812k. It's cheaper to get in a Callum Mills. I personally would prefer a Mills in that situation just yeah. because of the upside. But he is someone that obviously back-to-back 130s, we've got to have a look at him. Um, I, like you, agree, though, that the matchups are a lot to to have a look at because of that, uh, as to why he, he went big. Yeah. And this next guy here, I am also very keen in as well. Um, uh, Giant Simkin. From the Ruse. Now, he is someone who got injured a couple of weeks ago. I think it was a hand injury or something like that. Um, but came back. Obviously, his break-even was huge. Um, in that game that he was going big, he was also on track. Oh, sorry. Got injured. He was uh, going big when he was subbed out at 48. I think that was you know 28% game time to score 48 is pretty bloody impressive. Scored 102 in a thumping against um, Melbourne. Um, comes up against St Kilda this week. If he, if you can only afford him at seven hundred fifty nine thousand, so he's cheaper than someone like a Stewart or Will Day or something like that. So in your midfield, I think he is one of the better, cheaper buys that you can do now because his role is uh, pretty secure in my opinion. He probably won't be a top eight guy, yep. but I think he's the kind of guy that you can you can be satisfied with to get you through the end of the buys and and do luxury upgrades at the end of the season. So I like him. And then let's talk about this last guy that yeah. I'm sure everyone's waiting for our opinion on, Braden Fiorini. You're thinking of bringing him in. What's, uh, what are your thoughts and uh, going on with the pasta? I think uh, the position that I'm in, uh, and I sort of alluded to it before, I need to take some risks, I think, maybe some calculated yeah. risk. And, and the way that I'm sort of seeing things play out... Sorry, sniffling. You're right. Um, the way that I'm seeing things play out is I just I'm kind of flabbergasted by the the fact that we just can't get up to those premiums and so like I said I'm seeing Fiorini as the potential guy that can bridge a gap now obviously Took being out um, certainly makes this decision a little bit easier than it would mm. be otherwise yeah. but even if like let's say he holds his spot in that role for the next four weeks yeah. He's a guy that can average a hundred over the next four weeks, and then and then put you into that that next bracket. What my question to you is: What is the role that you wanted to have? Because I don't know if you've looked these stats up, but he's, he typically like he didn't his stat line didn't suggest that he was getting a heap of the pill. It was pretty like diversified stat. Yeah, line. he, he so had a lot of marks, a lot of tackles, kicked a goal. Um, yeah, fourteen percent CBAs. He's actually taken a big hit. From last week. So he went the two weeks prior, 50%, 44%, 14%. I think he played a lot more on the wing there um, against the Tigers. Um, The biggest beneficiary here was David Swallow, who went from 40% to 71% CBAs. Noah Anderson still had 67 and uh, Matt Rowell had 86. And you also had a few guys go in there, like uh, Lockie Weller went in there, Bally Humphrey went in there a little bit, Um, Alex Davies went in there a little bit as well. So, And I think that was flagged by the coach uh, as well, that they're going to try and fill the hole of Tuke Miller by committee rather than than one guy stepping up. So whilst I think that there's merit in it, it is still... He plays for Essendon. 
Sorry, oh, you've used that one before, mate. You've got to get some new Recycling, gear. mate. It's good Recycling. for the environment. Um, look, there's still a lot of risk in it. He's um, got an appetite for the footy. Look, I think I think he's under Certainly he's undervalued. Does. Don't get me wrong. He's priced at um, a very low sixty five. He smashes that. I think he goes at least. I want to say at least seventy five to eighty, probably eighty plus. Yep. So there's at least fifteen points of value there, in my opinion. Um, so that's fine. The other little, you know, the the flag there as well is Gold Coast against Richmond had one, two, three, four, five, yeah. six, seven, almost eight, nine blokes that turned up. And, um, you know, four or five of those guys were close to 115. So is that going to be Gold Coast every week? The, the answer is no. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm still seriously considering it. Like I said, I, I just... I'm I'm lost as to what to do. You, you've got cash this week, so for this yeah, week, I'm, I'm going to be avoiding him because I have the luxury to do so. But, but I can see the yeah, like it is enticing because of how cheap he is and how hard it is for us to get these midfield upgrades. Yeah, and because obviously his history, the two Miller injury, there's a lot of things that li- feel like they line up. Yeah, I just don't want people to ignore like the ignore that and go, yeah, I'm jumping onto this guy. It's it's a it's a dude that we're going. Like headlong into because yeah. he's going to be a hundred averaging guy. He's priced at sixty five. Hallelujah, let's do it. There's, <laughs> there's still risks. You become like, religious. Like you think about like Chase Jones, for example. He's yeah. a winger. Scored one hundred and eight. The next week scored thirty seven yeah. and went ninety. You know these wingers can be prone to do that. So um, and Fiorini, whilst he is a guy that collects a lot of points um, and has a good points per minute, he's not immune from that based on the role that he played on the weekend. Surely it's not me who's the only one thinking that like oh, we we can't get premiums. It ha- yeah, oh, it's definitely an issue this year. Like yeah. it's definitely something that has been really tough, Killer. and that was part of my thinking of last week, just banking a lot of cash yeah. using that LDU injury to uh to, to do that. All right, let's move on yeah, let's to the forwards. I think we can go through these ones nice and quick. Zach Butters, I still think is a good buy, although I'm starting to get a little bit more, a little bit less bullish. I think just by the fact that I think. Um, Port Adelaide are not scoring as much as a team as they were previously. Yeah. Um, I thought that, and especially on the, the weekend, they were definitely very, they weren't chipping it around. They were very much trying to make it a tight contest there. And yeah. I think that that might hurt Butters scoring up in a ceiling sense. But I still think that he is someone who could be close enough to those top six forward and is achievable to get. We've popped in Darcy McPherson in here, who just keeps getting it done. The, th- the thing with him is... He's already gone up significantly in price. So the few people that started with him to begin the season has just been an absolute knockout pick. I think he's gone up 200K. Um, but he's getting now to that point where he, he looks like he's going to go close enough to the top six. I think he's a defender forward, is he? Yeah. He's going to go close enough to top six on both those lines, seemingly at the moment, that he's just he's like an alternative option if you're looking at like a Will Day. Yeah. Or you're looking at and, and got I, a good I, buy. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know how much or how... Like, how much are we valuing that round 13 buy? Should we be valuing it more? Because mm. it is something that is super unique. Only two teams have it. Yeah. And it's going to make a big difference when it comes to buy rounds. I know a lot of people are struggling with rookies being available. Um, you know, we, we're not going to want to have to field these rookies that are going to get subbed off. And yeah. especially like those round 14, round 15 buy rounds where a lot of people are very heavy on. If you have a guy there who's already played his buy, when he missed, you had 28 other players that could have taken yeah. his spot. Uh, maybe handy. we're not valuing this enough, and a guy like this, who, like you said, he's he's averaging ninety three. Uh, that's top. That's 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 thereabouts in the top six defenders or forwards. Yeah, um, and he's still in his seven forty seven thousand. So, it's, yeah, I'm it's just putting one. it out there. It's 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 that psychology that like if someone's already gone up <laughs> yeah, like two hundred thousand, yeah, you know, is it too late? But 
I don't know. He he's he's playing a great role. He's on the he's on the ground for long stretches. He's usually over ninety percent time on ground there all yeah. the time. And back yeah, like you said, back to back hundreds last two weeks, and people people are jumping back on all day this week and last week as well, and he's yeah. priced similarly. So yeah, um, yeah. maybe an alternative with a better buy round. Yeah, uh, and then Joshua Shelley, I've got there as well. Didn't score like we'd hoped on the last game, but I still think I'm backing him in as a guy who. I uh, could probably score around those high 80s, low 90s, I think is about where I have him pegged. And I think that, again, if it's all if you're looking for a forward, it's the best you can get up to. Uh, I think it's um, I think it's pretty good. He's still... His, his CBA's dropped a little bit there, but I think that was more because Keyes came into the midfield and did a bit of a, a, bit of a job there as well. So uh, I don't think that's going to happen regularly. All right. Yeah. You wanted to talk a little bit about uh, buy rounds before we wrap up? Yeah, so a little bit of buy round talk. We've been alluding to it throughout the podcast here as well, but it's definitely now the time to start considering your buy rounds when yeah. you're making your upgrade targets. Um, now, we remember, I remember our first podcast that we talked about last year. We talked about the buy rounds being the ones that separates the boys from the men. It's, uh, it's where the ranks really <laughs> reveal themselves because if you're organised... Around your buys, you can make massive improvements. If you're not, your team can be in shambles and you can end up with a team worse at the end of the buys than when they started. That was what happened to me. The good news about this year is I think that the buy rounds are going to be easier than ever. Okay. Because there's four buy rounds, um, the first two of which are easier than the last two because there's four teams on the first one, only two teams on the second one. I think they're going to be pieces of cake, those first two buy rounds. In the last two buy rounds, you're going to have more trades, more time to sort yourself out. Because we've, we've effectively got four rounds of three trades. Yeah. Like, you'll have plenty of time to avoid disaster. Um, in saying that, we still want to optimize what the best thing is. So, I hear a lot of people talk about, like, the, a perfect buy structure. People talked about like the 8, 10, 12 structure in years past. I don't necessarily subscribe to that. I also don't think you need to have like an even amount of premiums on each buy because at the end of the day, it's it's all going to average out yeah. the same. Um, you know. So I think you just got to make sure that when it gets close to your buy rounds, especially with like the rookies you're trading, and I think those buy rounds are more important the closer we get to it and if they're going to be there. Um, just making sure that you're not overloaded on one buy round. So say, for example, I know a lot of people are really loaded up on round 15, which is which is fine. It's not panic stations yet, but if you are starting to do those upgrades now, maybe as a tiebreaker, you start to look at, okay, what buy round am I really heavy in? What am I light on? Can I you know get those guys? So for example, for me, I actually don't have very many uh, players in round 12, so I'm going to put a slight favouring towards those round 12 uh, premiums. And a few of them are getting cheaper, like a Callum Mills, like an Andrew Brayshaw, um, that you can maybe bring in over some of those other guys that are round 14 or round 15. But um, definitely time to start considering them when you're making your premium upgrades. Does my head in, hey? Yeah, mate. <laughs> Does my head in just trying to think about it. So, um, But for anyone who has the uh, Amera's Magic Season Guide, uh, I definitely would recommend using that tool a lot because it is... Uh, it's a really good Very tool. Very helpful. Very helpful and uh, a good way to get your head around, you know, how many players do I actually have playing versus how many do I have missing. I think that's like a, a subtle but important distinction to make um, because I think a lot of people stress out that I've only got so many players in my premiums that are, that are playing. That will do it for us, mate. You made it through. Thank you for powering through, mate. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. So um, we're back. We'll, I said we'll be back Friday, but yes. it'll actually just be you... 
and we'll we'll, we'll sort something out. I don't think anything's been locked in just yet, but there will be a show. Yes. coming Friday. Yeah, um, whether it's a live show, whether it's Beers with by someone yourself, else or something, mate. I don't know. We'll sort something out. That but, could be very sad. Beers but, uh, by yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I won't be doing that. But uh, where where are you off to again, mate? You got a wedding? Is that yeah, right? wedding. Yeah. Not not my own, but um, yeah. Uh, footy mate so off oh, to a wedding apologies go. that I won't be here but uh, gotta go support love mate we yeah love, we love 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 here at the ball boys <laughs> ball boys big boys jeez oh, love love don't leak those two things together man alright but no we'll, we'll have some kind of a show for you guys on Friday but in the meantime make sure you guys are subscribed give this video a big thumbs up and uh, tell your mates about the ball boys AFL fantasy podcast and uh, tell them about it about it big boys yeah tell mate the big boys are going big that, you know that's for sure. But otherwise, we'll see you guys next time. Laters. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.